Hey, Real Nerds listeners, there's many ways you can interact with the Real Nerds podcast. You can email us at realnerds at gmail.com. You can hit us on Twitter at Real Nerds. You want to check us on Facebook? You can just look for Real Nerds Podcast. You want to leave us a voicemail? Just call 720-6NERDS5. You want to listen to our episodes? You can check us out on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Camera action! Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd can talk to film. I'm sorry. Take it outside. Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast for all your movie needs. I am Ryan. With me is Brad. Hey. And Corinne. Hello, everybody. And this week, we got a double helping of one attractive man in two films. One, Beast. The other, 3,000 Years of Longing. Of course, I'm talking about Idris Elba. And he's like cool and like I don't he's know, so he's cool. Suave. You know what I mean? I every time I see him on screen, I think to uh <laughs> that uh moment in the office where he says, Yes, I am aware of the power I have over women or <laughs> what is the line? Mm-hmm. That's exactly it, yeah. Yeah. It's uh really, really funny. And so yeah, so we got a double dose helping of him. Uh, we will play, we'll tell you if you recommend the film, play the trailer, review the movie, then we'll recommend or not the second movie, play the trailer, and then talk about it as well. Um, we also have the big movie news story of the week. And of course, the one thing we're going to recommend. But I'm going to start this like I always start this. Brad, do you recommend... 3,000 years of longing. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I think this movie really went over my head. Um, uh, the, 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 I found the trailer more interesting to, interesting to watch than the movie itself. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a weird one. Corinne? Um, probably not. I, I'm with Brad. I think it's really weird. I actually didn't see a trailer for the movie. And other than reading a quick synopsis beforehand, I had no idea what it was about other than Idris Elba and Silas Winton were in it. And yeah, it was really weird. Um, yeah, I don't think I could safely recommend it to a broad audience, maybe like one or two specific people, but I, it's definitely not for everybody. Uh yeah, no, I did not like this movie at all. I was, uh, I, sometimes I see a movie and I feel like, especially when it's, uh, well reviewed and I go, man, am I just not, I, I just don't get why I don't like it. And I just thought the pacing was a little all over the place. Um, but yeah, it is one of the most boring hour and 45 minutes I've had in a movie theater. Um, here's the trailer for 3000 years of longing. My name is Alethea. My story is true. I am a solitary creature by nature. I have no children, no siblings, no parents. I did once have a husband. If there is fate, who can say? But in the Grand Bazaar of Istanbul, I chose a memento. I like it. Whatever it is, I'm sure it has an interesting story. So, what would you wish for? What is your heart's desire? I do have a question. What does one do with three wishes? You'll see. Oh, 
There's no story about wishing that is not a cautionary tale. We all have desires, even if they remain hidden from us. But it is your story, and I cannot wait to see where it goes. Oh, how it might end. Hello. Hello. He'll be staying for a while. I'm beginning to wish we'd never met. Don't say that! I have a wish. Three thousand years of longing is about uh, what's her job again? Uh, Tilda Swinton's job. I love her name, Althea, but it's uh, she's like she's a professor like a, of stories, I guess, storytelling. Yeah. Like a narratologist or something. Yeah, I forget the... I didn't know that was a real thing until they started saying it in the film. Um, but she gives lectures, I guess, about the power of story, and it opens with her being f- followed or something with... <laughs> I don't know. There's people around that are following her that are figments of her imagination, I guess. I don't know. She finds this yeah. bottle. In I a... figured they were going to come back to that too. And they never did. I know. It right? was going to be some explanation as to like, like he was trying to seek her out the whole time. And like, those yeah. were ghosts from his past that he was like sending to her. Yeah. I have no idea what's going on. And so she finds a bottle at, um, I guess like, uh, it's the market. Specialty- yeah, a specialty shop at a market in Turkey. And when she's there, uh, she accidentally breaks it open. And Idris Elba's gin pops out and is going to grant her three wishes. And I I don't know. I have a, Every time a genie pops out and they lay the rules, I keep on thinking of Robin Williams' genie, you know, where he's like, I can't bring people back from the dead. Yeah, so don't ask. <laughs> But they never do that, and I'm really disappointed. And they just say the the rules, and I guess they have to have their heart in it, so she can say she wishes for something stupid, and it doesn't matter. I don't know. The rules seem really loosey goosey to me. Well, that's um, a setup that maybe he's not a jinn. Like he could be a trickster pretending to be a jinn, so she's apprehensive about making the wishes that way. Yeah, and I, I guess it just keeps going that he tells her. I mean, the the the. <laughs> Sorry, the title of the film comes from him talking about uh, his past and how he got locked in, you know, the bottles in the first place. And so I mean, he's been it, captive like three different times. Yeah, it, it's interesting, but I still felt like it was, I, I don't know, did you, I felt the movie was really boring. Yeah, it's uh, two people sitting in a hotel room telling stories to each other. And like the flashbacks to the stories are like visually interesting. Mm-hmm. But everything else, like I, the actual stories that are visually interesting, like the stories aren't that interesting. Like they're like she says, cautionary tales are usually mm-hmm. genie stories. Um, and they're all about, well, most of them are about people that the genie loved. Um, and they just do all, they all do like predictable things. So it's, yeah, I just wasn't yeah, that interested I, in what was going on. I agree. Like I just could not get into the movie at all. And, and it's not, you know, it's not the performances. I don't have an issue with the performances. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if it was trying to be funny, you know, with the um, larger women that the one dude had to have sex with to try, try to create like an heir to the throne, and then she slips and breaks the the stone, and it really, I don't know. I, I just didn't get it. I think another problem too was that. Cinematography wise, the the first scene where the where the genie or the djinn emerges, like 
did you notice the compositing on that just looks so unnatural? Like it oh, felt it was, like three separate layers stacked on top of each other. Yeah, it was bad. It's almost like they ran out, either ran out of time or the shot was different and they decided to really zoom in on Tilda Swinton. You know what I mean? I have no idea what was going on in that shot. Yeah. So on top of that, and there's the fact that a lot of the scenes are uh, like medium shots in either one of them and the other one's not there. Uh, yeah. I think it was like a pandemic sacrifice where, um, you know, they weren't in the same room acting against each other, you know? Yeah. And it, it was just bizarre. And I just never got into it. And then she's talking about how she doesn't need anything. And then after he tells the story about how he fell in love with one of the people that, oh, yeah, was like complete bring- 180. Yeah. And then she says, okay, I want to be you to love me. And you go, what? like that story changed your mind like that because she's also talking about how she doesn't need that stuff to feel validated in a way and i i agree and it then it just goes oh no she just needs the love of a good man or gin or whatever the fuck is going on i don't know well he supported that last girl through all of her like educational endeavors so that must have been like what excited her i I guess i mean Um, i don't know and then I kept also, waiting for the revelation that she was going to be like a reincarnation of his other lovers or something, because they kept making little parallels between what his past, like the woman in his past did and what she did. Like the one shot of like the the scientist lady, you know, tapping her foot really fast while she was reading and like the specific way she was reading mimicked what Althea had done at the very beginning of the movie. So yeah, I was just, I just kept waiting for some kind of revelation of like, like he had been seeking her out. She was like the reincarnation of the, the woman he had loved before, or something along those lines. Or it, just, uh, it was just it, really weird. It felt like nothing was a payoff, you know. And I, so, why did at the end did he not be able to live in London? Is it because it was too overwhelming for his senses? I don't get it. Wasn't one of the rules that like they don't have to sleep. And he does sleep. So at that point, I thought like, oh, the twist is he is some, some kind of trickster. Yeah. Um, and he just got found out, but then it doesn't go anywhere. He's just like, oh, I have to, I have to die and disappear. And then later, oh, I can come back once in a while. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah. I have no idea what's going on. And, and then there's like a really... side story with the neighbors where it's like, I guess yeah. the point is like, hey, if you show your neighbors kindness, you know, we can get through this miserable life. Yeah. I don't and know. Then- the bad CGI soccer ball at the end. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I this is this was a painful movie going experience for me. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I saw it really early in the morning, and, but the whole time I was just kept on thinking, "It's like, come on, there has to be something else going on here." Yeah, like where's all this going? And it just didn't yeah. feel like it amounted to anything substantial. And if it did, I just feel dumb. Like I can't yep. figure it out. I. I <laughs> You're not the only I think one. I'm in the same boat. Yeah, it, I agree with you on the pacing problems, Ryan. Because there, once he starts, I think like he tells like the first story of how he like was trapped by Solomon or something, and then when he starts telling the second story of the first lady who released him, and then it had like a title card pop up, and I was like, oh, I guess we're doing this now. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, okay. And then like at the end, when they kept like cutting to black. I was like, is that the end of the movie? Is that the end of the movie? Like, this is such a weird movie. I don't know, like, what kind of an ending we're going for. And, so, it, and it wasn't like, yeah. you know, Lord of the Rings, where I wanted it to keep going. This one, I says, okay, this has to be over now. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just, uh, yeah. Fun, fun fact, the cinematographer on this is also the same cinematographer on Mad Max Fury Road. He came out of retirement both times to do those movies. Yeah, that's why I think like the, you know, it's it filmed during the pandemic. So I think there were probably a lot of cutbacks cinematography wise, because I noticed that too. Um, it's edited by the same person, his wife. Um, yeah, it's just, I mean, this movie shouldn't be judged on that. But if you look at the, if, whoever edited the trailer made it way more interesting, you know, two minute movie. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you say it shouldn't be judged by that, but they shot Spider-Man No Way Home during this. So there's ways to do it. And yeah, but you also didn't have a two hundred million dollar budget. Well, this so. one was like seventy million. <laughs> so that's still I mean, 
small these like it's big but also still super small for special effects so i know but it, what makes me sad is when movies like this that cost 70 million and i don't see the value in it this is why movies they don't want to make movies like this because this isn't going to make like 11 million dollars at the box office because one it's not a good movie and you can't you can't approve as a studio like making movies like this and i'm sure a part of it was because it's george miller and they go well you know he makes good movies and then you watch it and you go what the fuck am i watching this is stupid i mean if i was the head of you know mgm and this came in i'd be going what the fuck <laughs> let's dump this at the end of august no one will see it that's exactly what they did yep <laughs> and not market it yeah if i remember right they were supposed to film on location in i want to say it was turkey and london and they didn't get to because of covid so they filmed everything in australia and just passed off um Australia as those other locations. Well, I mean, so, you, you can you can yeah. if you make if you're smart, you know. I I don't know. I, I just I maybe I'm just dumb. I just don't get the appeal of the movie at all. You know, yeah, I don't know. Totally what do went I know? over my head. Yeah, yep. I didn't really feel any kind of chemistry between those two. It was such a no. weird pairing. Even when I first heard about it, I'm like, really. Tilda Swinton? Okay. Well, it wouldn't be bad if they explained why she did this 180 all of a sudden. She just, you know, oh, yeah, no, now I want you to love me. What? What are you talking about? I don't don't know what's going on. (laughs) Oh, and the whole story at the very beginning about her imaginary friend. I kept waiting for yep. that to come back too. Like, oh, the revelation yeah. was like it was in the whole time, or she could see a gin or something. It's like there's so many weird things in the movie that I felt like we should have come back to that to give it like an explanation, or it was going to tie into a revelation later, and it never did. Nope. All right. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend yeah. it to people. Neither would I. I will never watch that movie again. We also watched this week Beast. Corinne, do you recommend Beast? I actually didn't get to see it. I'm sorry. Seeing okay. 3,000 years of longing, I'm like, dang it, maybe I should have gone to see Beast instead. Brad, do you recommend Beast? Uh, I'd say I had more fun in it than 3,000 years of longing, but overall, yeah, not kind of, kind of a frustratingly dumb stuff going on in that movie. Uh, yeah, I, I probably the same boat. I think I enjoyed it a little bit more than you did. I, I mean, I think it was fun. Um, it's definitely a popcorn movie. You know, um, here, here's, I, I, I would say see it if you have nothing else going on. Here's the, uh, here's the trailer for Beast. Hey, look out the window. Welcome to Mopani, guys. Thank you so much for having us. This is my chance to reconnect with the girls. I can see all Did mom shoot some of these? This little bump right here? That's you. I still miss her every day. What's that? There's something crossing up ahead. Keep the girls in the car. Stay in the car, okay? Just stay in the car. But I... Diaboro. Okay, what's he saying? Diaboro means devil. I've never seen anything like this. Multiple attacks without eating its prey. Lions don't do that. At least no lion I've ever seen. Go back to the calls. territory now. 
It's the law of the jungle. It's the only law that matters. Dad, they've got guns. You shouldn't be out here. What are you doing? Stop! Stop! I've got to get my girls out of here. I need you to trust me right now. I'm coming back. Don't you move, okay? Beast uh, takes place in South Africa where uh, Idris Elba's character takes his two daughters on a, not really a safari vacation, but back to his wife who passed away recently's home. Uh, she was, she was from South Africa and they meet um, his friend Martin, who is a game warden and they're gonna. He's gonna take them around this wildlife uh, preserve, um, and before that, they show a little clip of poachers. Uh, clip a, a scene with poachers that kill a pride, except for one lion, and this lion goes rogue, and it's kind of jaws in a way where it's just this one lion killing a bunch of people. Super lion, total super lion. And they have to find a way to survive. And I mean, I think it was fun. I mean, I, I didn't expect it to be crazy good. Um, but I had a fun time watching the movie. I and did, I thought, except for all the like, stupid things that the characters decided to do, like one after another, especially the kids. Like, Oh, yeah. The one daughter who walks away while he's being attacked by the lion. You're like, what the fuck is she doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These kids think they're so, uh, like they have all the answers more than the, uh, the adults and they, they just completely dig themselves deeper, uh, into the these one thing problems. I, I did like though, is when they had that kind of, um, you know, the older daughter had this attitude to the father because they broke, uh, he ended up separating from his wife and then his wife got cancer and ended up passing away. And you learn all the mistakes that, uh, I can't remember Idris Elba's character's name for some reason um, that he made uh, there, but he's trying to make it better. But I did really like the scene where uh, the older daughter yells at him about a promise he made to the younger one that their mom would be okay. And how instead of, you know, the younger daughter taking it out on the father too, she actually took it out on the older daughter saying, you know, how dare you bring that up? And, he was just trying to make it better. I thought it was kind of an interesting little character dynamic there. Um, yeah, but, it's been, I saw this way uh, earlier than when we decided to make this an episode. So yeah, I, I don't remember that part, but yeah, yeah. But, right. You know, yeah. My my biggest issue with it is, I mean, the over reliance on jump scares just drives me crazy because you know a majority of them I can see coming, and it's just that with loud music all the time is just I don't know it drives me crazy because Spielberg proves with Jaws you don't have to have that constantly you can build suspense a different way and having a lion that is you know tracking you I think is scary enough yeah um... and, you know my, my one thing too is I'm pretty sure lions use their sense of smell to find things. Yeah. And Idris Elba was like right below the lion and he doesn't recognize that he's right below him or literally like two feet above him in a tree. You know what I mean? I know. Like, like the, the lion is stupid too. <laughs> but also super smart because the way he tracks down everybody. Yeah, exactly. Like, like how did you follow him to that? Like overall, camp? it felt like, uh, which... <laughs> He friggin' opens the doors of the camp so they can all, like, he, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, 
he, when they go to the school at the end. Yeah. He just, I thought the same thing. I'm like, just close the doors. <laughs> like, Why are you opening the doors? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Like first when they walk in, I was like, yeah, you're not going to close that door behind you. And then they start like, <laughs> look around for stuff. And then he goes and opens two more doors. And I was like, yeah. you're just letting the lion in and catch <laughs> yeah. your scent. This is so dumb. Yeah. But overall, I, I it felt like the movie was like, the producers got a hold of like a, a, a really, really good lion CJ model. And the director thought, you know, what I've never seen on, on, in movies, a, a man getting mauled by a lion without it cutting away. So <laughs> let's make this movie where we take this badass CGI line we got and have a maul our, our, our lead actor, like just like a one on one fist fight between a man and a lion. And, you know, let's write this like story about a, a broken family. So it has some weight to it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'll do a couple of long shots where it's just on a, on a steady cam. So that'll eat up some time. And, uh, you know, you know it'll I, be continuous acting. So it'll be really impressive there. I will say it was cool when, you know, when they were in the village and the, it never really quote unquote cut, it would just follow an actor from, um, scene to scene or place to place. Um, but yeah, I mean, the last thing, I mean, I don't know why he decided to take the lion on like <laughs> mano a mano. It looked cool though. I mean, it looked cool. Um, because I mean that CGI lion I thought looked pretty great. Um, yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, you know, for I, I'm guessing this cost less than three thousand years of longing. So, you know, it was fun. Uh, like I had a lot of fun with it. Um, yeah, it's like the lion, like one razor claw, like murdered other people instantly, and he's able to just like paw at Idris Elba in the finale. Like, <laughs> yeah. okay. Uh, okay. I mean, like, he literally killed a whole village. Killed the whole village. Martin got a claw through the leg and almost lost his leg. But it just mm-hmm. was like getting like slashed and you know, the lion's letting up constantly. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Like it just doesn't the kill him instantly. The budget for 3,000 years of longing was 60 million and the budget for beast was 36 million. So this cost half of what 3,000 years of longing did. Hmm. I, I thought. Beast was visually more impressive, personally. But, and I thought it was more creative with its shots. It, um, I mean, you touched on it, but there is parts where it literally just follows a character around for a pretty long period of time. Um, yeah, there's like two, like the, the, the schoolhouse at the end, I think, is one of them. And then the early one was the, the village. Yeah. And, and then... actually, I, I, I noticed it, um, with, at the village. And then they also uh, did it again when that one man was injured and he came onto the middle of the road. Um, the camera moved constantly. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, I, I think it's cool to try something new. And when, you know, I, I think you know that you have a quote unquote B movie script, is you got to make it, you know, somewhat interesting. Yeah. Um, Weirdly, uh, I think because we were talking about it recently, but like, it had the vibe of phone booth where the characters are like trapped yeah. in a dangerous situation. Like they're in that, that Jeep for a good half the movie, just trying to yeah, figure out true. what to do next. So like, that's the kind of, you know, the, a bottle thing where, yeah, that's uh they're just trying to make that single thing really interesting. Um, yeah, but less, more with less. Yeah. I mean, it was fun though. I mean, it was super violent and, Tons of gore, so I'm I'm down. <laughs> also, why did Martin stray from the the Jeep for so like so far? Like that was just yeah. I felt like well, that dude was smarter than that. Yeah, especially someone who is on the reserve, you know. Yeah, and was you know these these animals are dangerous. Not only the lions, but now I'm in the middle of this uh, lake, and there's crocodiles everywhere. <laughs> yeah, so like I'm that, the only I thought one... would come in play, but they didn't. I, I'm supposed to protect the the people I'm safariing here, and uh, there's no imminent danger. But I'm just gonna crawl further and further into the jungle, yeah. <laughs> away from these people, and uh, get myself mauled <laughs> by a lion. That's I'm I'm just the smartest game warden. Yep. <laughs> well, we did find out that he was killing poachers, so I'm down with him. <laughs> yeah. So fuck those assholes. <laughs> I saw a headline that uh, Idris Elba's daughter had. T- screen the screen tested or auditioned or whatever to play his daughter in the movie and she didn't get it 
because I guess they didn't have like very good chemistry together. So uh, apparently his daughter didn't talk to him for a couple of weeks after that because she was really upset. Yeah, uh, that's his fault. <laughs> yeah, but I also get it. I mean, it's hard as an I'm guessing it is hard for her as an actor to find that um, level of I don't like my dad if they have a good relationship. You know, that's that's a tough role to pull off. Yeah, um, they're all right movies this week. This is the big news story of the week. It's real news. Brad, uh, the big news story for me is I'm going to ask you to play the trailer for Weird. An Al Yankovic story. Put it in. I'm tired of people thinking I'm some kind of joke. Your dad and I agreed it would be best if you just stop being who you are and doing the things you love. My whole life, all I wanted. I'm afraid we found your son at a polka party. Just to make up new words to a song that already exists. Oh, well, you should do that then. My little hungry one, hungry one, open up a package of my banana. Dude, I've got chills. Every once in a great while, I can spot a talent that I know is the future of music. But first, we gotta find you a stage name. Al Yankovic. It's long, it's hard to pronounce. So I'm just gonna throw this out there. Weird Al Yankovic. I love it. Weird Al has taken the world by storm. Do I know you? Madonna. I was wondering if you were going to do a parody of my song, Like a Virgin. I'm curious, is that song autobiographical? Yes. <laughs> Except for the fact that I've had a lot of sex. Name me one creative genius that doesn't have a checkered past involving alcohol. That's the medicine. And drugs. I think Madonna's a bad influence on you. What? No offense. I'm a train wreck. My parents wrote me off. I pushed away my band. You're all just a bunch of normals. I'm the weird one. You gotta take care of yourself. I saw in you something special. An artist with something to give to the world. In front of all the billions of people watching around the world right now, all I want to say is be as weird as you want to be. You will never find true happiness so you can truly accept who you are. Thank you. Oh, Al, you can't smoke in here. <laughs> I totally deserve that. I can't tell you how happy I was watching this trailer um, because it is utterly ridiculous watching it and it feels uh like a weird al yankovic movie i hope all you the know? music clips in the trailer don't get this episode from uh I hope it doesn't give this episode any trouble being posted oh online. that's right fuck um anyways but uh you're a weird al yankovic fan like me brad did you enjoy the trailer <laughs> yeah i'm excited uh i'm i i feel kind of dumb uh thinking that you know it's, it's been what Weird Al's had a 40-year career at this point. Yeah. Um, maybe 50. Let's check, like, what, what was the first album? Like, 78, 79? Uh, probably around then. I I mean... It's like 45 or something. Yeah, 45. He, he released a funny um, saying with this. He said, I'm keeping my promise of releasing a movie every 33 years. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Um, yeah, the, the, but, the but premise- yeah... I was say, great. Sorry, I, I was just gonna say I, I'm I'm delighted that after all this time, it feels I'm surprised it hasn't been done before. Um, that he hasn't just done a parody of biopics. 
<laughs> I know. And that's all it is. It's, uh, is it, it, he makes a little cameo in the, at the very beginning where he, where Daniel Radcliffe at weird as weird Al walks in. He's like, throw this on. And he throws a cassette at weird Al. And he's like, okay. <laughs> it seems a little bit like, uh, Dewey Cox, like it does, guess, like the uh, the, the accordion nerd version of that story, yeah. But it has this charm to it, and I love I mean, I haven't seen a movie that's a straight up spoof, you know what I mean, in a long time where everything is utterly ridiculous, but the actors in the movie wholeheartedly believe everything that's happening on screen. And I, I uh, to me, what <laughs> there's two moments that really sold me in it is when he's sitting around in college and he says, my dream is to always write new words for songs that have already come out. <laughs> and it's, he's going, my Bologna. And his one friend says, man, hairs are standing. No, no, I've got chills. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, when he's in uh, office with Will Forte and he puts a cigarette out on his hand, <laughs> it is so fucking ridiculous that I cannot wait um i'm just bummed that I, it's uh not a theatrical release you know i know fuck man it's such a bummer um and it's on i mean i guess that it's being made is okay it's on uh roku tv um yeah so thanks roku for that yeah. i guess i, uh, I, I would hope totally that watch they this in a theater to, i hope they decide to put it in theaters you know because i would go see it and i i hope I hope that it's as funny as a trailer because everything about it, how he has this torrid love affair with Madonna is just awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's cool because he's making fun of himself. So he's totally in on the joke. You know what I mean? There's gotta be a, a nod to like maybe him turning down you, you, UH, um, turning down UHF or something or being <laughs> yeah, forced so, to make it. <laughs> that'd be awesome. And well, I, I know he co-wrote the script with um, the Funny or Die guys, and I, I think it's the same guy who wrote that. Remember that like biography they did maybe twelve years ago? Um, that I think they're just uh, expanding on it, um, which is great because he, he's funny and he gets it, and I can't wait to see it. Honestly, I think it's going to be awesome. Um, I mean, I didn't see the trailer. I mean, I know who Weird Al is, obviously. Uh, one of my favorite things that he's done was on 30 Rock, where there's an episode that Jenna writes this song, and it's supposed to be, like, super poetic and sad and whatever. And then he parodies it. And then later in the episode, she and Tracy try to write a, a song that he can't parody. And so... Uh, <laughs> So they do, and it's like, I eat pizza, I eat cheese, I eat lots of broccolis. You know, it's like this really crazy, weird song. And so then he does a, quote, parody of it, where he turns it into a serious song. So they say that he normal owl them. <laughs> yeah, he has a great sense of humor. Um, yeah, that's what I'm excited for. <laughs> Brad, you have movies that are going to be in a film festival? Yeah, uh, Stalker, Justice Team, and uh, the Rising Sun music video got accepted to the Colorado Short Circuit Festival. Nice. And when is that? Uh, I believe the end of October. Oh my gosh. Brad gets accepted so many festivals, he doesn't remember when his next one is. <laughs> yeah, which which one's this one? Yeah. Um... <laughs> also, didn't your... Uh the schedule for your uh, 48 hour film this year, it got scheduled for audience screening. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm a little, uh, uh it, it's supposed to be this, the 8 PM on the 17th of September. But, uh, as someone who works at the bug, I looked at the calendar and there's two events happening on Friday. So there's like a, a, a 48 hour screening and then like a stand up comedy thing going on. So I'm like, mm -hmm. I, I, I hesitate to say it's an official because one of those is going to have to move. So I don't know how it's going to affect the 17th. So yeah, but as of now, it's uh yeah, 8 p.m. on the 17th, Group C. You're going to see Sam Managua Loco. And then uh, two weeks later, we'll be the best of and hopefully we're part of that. Cool. Well, good luck and congratulations. Thank you.
Uh, do better next time. <laughs> do better. You haven't seen the movie. I know. I'm just. I, I'm always going to be um, like a disapproving. You know, basically <laughs> saying you can do better. I, I I know you can. Nothing you do will ever be good enough, son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just disappointed, Dad. Well, it sounded like this year you turned it in like an hour early, which is earlier than you've ever done. So in that respect, you did better than you than ever before. Yeah, it could have been even earlier, actually. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's pretty good. I, I think it's a fun film and I'm struggling to come up with a trailer for it. But hopefully I'll get that knocked out this week. Yeah, that's always hard, I think, on those short films because you want people to be interested in them, but you don't want to give it away. Exactly. Um, I like doing trailers that don't tell you anything about <laughs> the movie itself to to get around that. But um, I also usually have like extra footage to do that with. And this year I really didn't do any behind the scenes extra stuff. So I don't have a lot of other non-spoiler things to cut to. So trying to think outside the box. Um, just, just get some license free footage of like salmon agua and loco and then just like play it like one after the other and then at the end just flash sim aqua loco i did actually uh because i shop at grocery stores all the time i have been like looking at fresh fish for the trailer but i was like then i have to like buy this fish that i'm just gonna like mutilate or waste (laughs) and it just for a 48 second trailer it just feels so yeah um yeah. And then you like a good kitchen space to do anything in. And I don't have that. So yeah, I didn't want to like blow five or $7 on a, a fish that could have been food, you know? Yeah. You'll figure it out. You always do. You don't eat fish. Not really. Hmm? I know Ryan loves like, fish. My so friends that eat fish and then you could shoot it and then they could eat it. Cool. Yeah, I really want to spend my day shooting a thing and then hauling a fish over to someone else to <laughs> take no, it from me. Invite them over to your house. No one comes over here. Come on. Definitely not to pick up a fish. <laughs> Find a friend who has a really nice kitchen, bring the fish over, shoot it in their kitchen, leave it with them, and then you can peace out and they can cook it. Okay. Uh, I looked up at the uh, the Colorado Short Circuit Film Festival is the seventh and eighth of October, so Fun. at at the Ivy Wild School, and you can go to indiespiritfilmfestival.org dot um, org to get a ticket link the for one Ivy of the many screenings. School? Is yeah. that in Denver? No, Colorado Springs. Uh, cool. You gonna go down to that one? Oh yeah. I mean, it's closer than Pennsylvania for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's an easy trip. Both days, no, no big deal. So, I always try to attend the festivals that you get accepted to. Um, I got rejected from the uh, Kevin Smith Film Festival, so fuck, fuck that them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just kidding. Bull- fucking bullshit. I, I sent him Justice Team. I should have sent him Stalker because I'm sure like everyone submitted comic book themed movies, and I should just I should have sent something different. But that's on me. Oh, I lost with thirty seven dollars. Wow, that's crazy that they charge you to look at them. <laughs> Every fe- like most festivals, uh, uh, the Trauma Dance didn't because that's their thing is they don't do submission fees. But yeah, most of the time you uh, you pay for people to look at it and most of the time they reject you and keep that money. So that's the, uh, the, the downside of making movies is trying to get them into festivals. But I mean, I understand that if it's, you know, a feature film, but short films, come on now. Yeah. I mean, they are, the fees are usually less for short, for for short films, like 37. I get it. You know, funny number in Kevin Smith movies, but typically short films are 15, 20 bucks. Yeah. Um, and then if you're like Sundance or something, it's, you know, 50 to 60, but so that I get, but yeah, mm. the Kevin Smith one, I was like, huh? Yeah. 37. Yeah. And he just bought a theater. So. Yeah. We'll just think you went to support that theater. Yeah. 
All right, let's talk about the one thing we recommend this week. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, what's the one thing you're going to recommend this week? Well, um, gosh, again, I have two things to choose from. And the one I want to talk about, I don't recommend. But the thing I do recommend, I guess, is I rewatched all of Breaking Bad again for the first time in like, I don't know. I think I tried to watch it four or five years ago and just got sidetracked. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I think this is the first time since it went off the air that I watched really closely the whole thing. And man, it might be even better than the first time I watched it. Um, yeah, just, uh, you know, watching all the episodes back to back so close together. Like I, I stayed up late at night cause I, like I was just so enwrapped in the story and by season four, when Walt really goes off the rails and um, basically becomes so evil, um, it was just heartbreaking to watch this guy who, I, you know, watching it all close together this time too. You know, mm-hmm. the show s- starts out where he's sort of a likable, you feel for him. He's got cancer. He's just trying to do this thing for some quick money. And then just watching everything, this guy who thinks he's so smart, make all the mistakes and go downhill. And then watching this, you know, this drug addict Jesse uh, stumble and get like take all the 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 hits that uh, from all the mistakes that Walt makes, and then you know by season three they kind of switch paths and Jesse becomes more responsible and Walt gets worse. Um, mm. It just uh, it's just incredible, like acting from everybody in the cast. Like there's. I was also thinking too, like there's no filler episode for Breaking Bad. You know, every episode is integral to that story. Um, maybe the only one that's kind of like a, like a, like a filler episode might be the fly episode directed by Ryan Johnson. But even that's kind of like an episode where they can kind of sit and, re- and like bask in the psyche of Walt, who's like all his web of lies are starting to come down on him. Um, so, and I, I forgot he actually directed three episodes of Breaking Bad, most famously the third to last one, Ozymandias, which when I got to that point, I was like, that's the one I remember the most because it's so famous and just watching it again. And just, it's really only like three big scenes that are just devastating. Um, I just, you know, uh, ha- having heard, you know, the Better Call Saul ended, I think last week or the week before, and I haven't been able to keep up with it because Netflix doesn't put out the seasons right away um mm-hmm. and so i think i'm like two or three seasons behind on it and so i was really like jonesing to get back in that world and yeah watching the origin series again just it's amazing and yeah nice. sorry i went off and gushed nice. on it it's all right I've never seen the show but one of my former co-workers she works in albuquerque now for the paper down there and I guess they unveiled a statue of the show recently. <laughs> so uh, the two main actors were down there to like celebrate it for the weekend. And so she got a bunch of pictures of them. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then, and then I dovetailed right into watching El Camino again. Uh, I think since the first time I saw it in a the theater. And that was just like, it's not a necessary uh, part of the story, but it's uh you know, it's like that little extra thing, uh, you know, because at the end of the series, Jesse kind of drives off and like, that's good enough for him. But watching how like it just completes like his escape from all this, um, like that w- was a uh, so, like the cinematography and everything in these shows is uh, like watching it grow too. Uh, like the first season is pretty standard, but by the end they're getting like really artistic and like El Camino does that too. Um, Cause they have like a film budget now. So they have like these great uh, like white, like s- landscapes of the, the painted desert for that one scene with him and um, uh, God, Todd um, just gorgeous cinematography. Um, the only thing that's uh, wrong about the whole series is uh, in El Camino, Todd, because it's what seven years later 
Jesse Plemons has like gained a lot of weight. <laughs> so jumping oh. from season six um, to El Camino, it's like, wow, Todd really uh, put on a few. And a lot of El Camino with Todd is flashbacks because he's dead. So it's like um, doesn't match up. But, you know, they did their best. You said he drives off at the end of the series. Does he drive off in a Camino? Yes. Sweet. That's why the movie is what it is. Yes. Well, yeah. I thought it was like El Camino, which means the way. So like, it maybe it's like his way back to redemption or uh, home that's, or whatever. No, that's literally what El Camino, the movie is. <laughs> his way back to, I wouldn't say redemption, but his way home. There you go. So I haven't even seen the show and I already know everything about it. Yeah, you you got Vince Gilligan unlocked. Well. Yeah. I wish Ryan would watch the show because I think he'd really get into the character of Hank, who's the uh DEA agent, brother in law of Walt, and uh you know, he's constantly trying to track down this Heisenberg guy and uh is consistently thrown off the scent, but he's he's really smart about what he does too. You know, honestly, I keep on meaning to, and I just space. Yeah, I got the Blu-rays if you want to crack into it sometime. For sure. For sure. Corinne, what's the thing you recommend this week? I'm going to recommend HBO's House of the Dragon for all the Game of Thrones fans out there. I know that the end of the season, or the end of that show, Game of Thrones, was you know, poorly received by most people, including me. And it was just super disappointing to see all of these characters that we loved be treated so shittily. But so far, House of the Dragon's been pretty good. It's only two episodes in right now. And I was a little tentative about getting back, like, trying to revisit this world. So I was like, well, I'll just hate watch it, you know. But it's been really good. The production value's fantastic like all the costumes look great um the effects on it are pretty good they have shown i want to say like two or three dragons so far and they both have very distinct designs and colorings and you can tell like they've put a lot of effort into this show and the acting has been great so i recommend it maybe if you are still tentative because you know game of thrones left a bad taste in your mouth Maybe wait till all the episodes for season one are out. And then if it's still well-received, check it out then. But so far, I've enjoyed it. Nice. Ryan, what about you? Um, I'm going to do... I'm going to turn this podcast on its head. I'm I'm not going to recommend a film. I'm going to recommend the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Cowabunga Collection. (laughs) Um it's a, a video game with 13 old school Ninja Turtle games. And I got it today. Um, and I sat down and I played the arcade game with my son. And it just brought back tons of memories. Um, I, I've played that game so many times. And I'm sure Brad's the same way that I, I know the beats of the game. I know uh, where all the pizzas are at. Um, you know, I, I know the say yo puer turtles. Um, and I know Bebop's a cheap piece of shit. Um, I just like, uh, I don't know. It was just really fun, um, sitting down and playing that with my kid and him getting excited when he beat, uh, Bebop in it. And we got to, just past the level where you're on skateboards and he was super stoked being on the skateboards. Um, he did say, this is why is it so cheap with the skateboards? I said, well, son in the nineties, they wanted you to put tons of quarters in. And so there's a bunch of cheap spots in it. Um, but it, it, it was just fun. And, um, I, I got the collector's edition and I've already flipped through the art book and the art book's really fun. Um, I already found an air in the art book. So um, they said, um, uh, turtles, uh, is one of the games that was released in 1991. They put 1981, but you know, it's okay. Um, 
I I love video totally game art books. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. It's something about art books and video games. I think it's really cool. I love how they design them. And in this one, they have the actual graph paper for some of the designs from the NES game. And uh, I, I like how it's laid out and how they planned them back then. Um, and on the actual disc, they have a museum. You can like look through a bunch of artifacts. and um, Yeah, that's the part I didn't expect that was really cool is they have... Like artwork from even like ads from the magazines like GamePro and stuff. Yeah. Uh, or like and, poster foldouts from the other Konami games. And it's just fun, you know, because that's the stuff, uh, you know, Brad, you and I grew up on. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't even know there was a third Game Boy game. So I'm really excited to play it. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Kellen went to bed and uh, while I was waiting 30 minutes for this podcast to start, I played the NES one. And it's like fuck this game. <laughs> the the first the original one, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I start I started getting pretty far in it, but I was still getting pissed. <laughs> did you activate the cheat codes before you went in? Oh no, I didn't. I didn't know there's cheat codes for it. Yeah, there's a. If I think you press Z, um, well, wait, you're playing on the PlayStation. Uh, I, I don't know what the button is, but mm-hmm. uh, there's a there's on the Switch. You press Z, and it'll bring up a menu screen that'll give you access to the strategy guide. And the strategy strategy mm. guide, you know, like on that game, if you have a second person plugged in, you put in the Konami code on the second controller. Okay, it'll give you like extra lives and stuff. And um, oh wow, that's huge. Yeah, and then uh, if you want to, like, are you playing with like the four by three ratio window? Because you, yeah. you can use that menu to expand it, so you can just take out that border entirely. Yeah, I know you can stretch it, but I was playing it as it is, but um. And then just before we started, I, I didn't know there was a story mode in Tournament Fighters, so I was fucking around in that, too. Yeah. I think it's the only way you can get to uh, Karai. Huh. So, and unlock Karai to play, but I think you if, if you can also use the cheat thing, I think, uh, like, start with all the characters unlocked, so um, yeah. I, I haven't... I have it, but I haven't... Like, I don't have a second controller to <laughs> do the cheat stuff with, so... Like I, I, I guess I can use the, the uh, side controllers, but I was lazy last night. Yeah, it's just, um, it's just fun. Like it's yeah, the game, the games are simple, and I mean the arcade game I think still looks incredible. Um, you know the there's something that's charming about that style of animation. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's just fun. So I, I, I think everybody should get it. You don't have to get the limited edition like Brad and I got. That's you know pretty expensive. I don't think you can. Uh, I, think, like I mean, a, you can't. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know if you can anymore. Yeah, it's a pre-order only thing, I think. And um, I, I know for when I got it on when it became available on Amazon that day, the next day it was unavailable. So, yeah. but you can um, get the the standard edition for sure. Yeah, and the standard one's only forty dollars. So, yeah, I think that's a pretty great deal for thirteen games. And you can also make them um, the Japanese. Japanese version of them. So you, they are a little different. So I, I don't know. I think it's a great package for, you know, if you get the standard game for 40 bucks. Yeah. Um, 13 games. I guess, uh, what's half that? Six. Yeah. I mean, and, and like I said, I, I didn't even know there was a, a third Game Boy game. So uh, I'm going to try to beat them all. And I, I, I'm sure I will eventually. It's just going to take a little practice with the ones i don't play as much you know the arcade game i'm i'm pretty good at because it's one i would play you know going to one up all the time and it was only a quarter so after three dollars you know you'd beat it so um but there is a challenge when your son isn't sure how to play and (laughs) uh you've killed like four times as many uh bad guys as he has and Mm. you realize that it's you know just a constant thing that's all right. He's learning, and he uh, he picked Raphael. Ah, uh, that's a mistake. <laughs> yeah, get a weapon uh, with long reach if you're going to start out. Yeah, I mean, I'm always Donatello, but you know, in the NES game, Donatello's definitely the strongest one. Um, well, yeah, if uh, if you have Donatello in the first game, you can uh, when you're fighting Roxo, you can jump on those crates and just punch down with your bow staff and uh, cheaply beat him. Yeah, well, I learned too with Bebop. 
is if you jump, he runs away. And when you hit him from behind, it takes off two squares and not one. So um, you just got to time your jump right. Uh, but yeah, no, I, that's what I recommend. It's a lot of fun. When we're done with this, I'm going to play it some more. Um, you should play me online. Can we cross platform? Uh, we should try. Uh, I have to re-sign up for Nintendo online, though. Uh, yeah, just let me know. I don't know how to do it. I I don't know how to cross platform. I'll have to dig on my PlayStation and see if there is a thing for that. I know on I Mortal probably Kombat not. there is. It would be under local play, right? Um, maybe. I don't know. Either way, or you can come up here sometime, Brad, and we can play it. Why didn't you just get it for the Switch? Uh, because I like to have stuff on my PlayStation. And then, uh, but then we won't have this problem. (laughs) I know. I mean, I guess I could get it for the Switch too. Um, I did order Shredder's Revenge for the Switch though. Nice. That's a a Um, smart move right there. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I recommend this week. I'm surprised, Uh, like, unless you only have a PS5, like, why would anybody, like, if, if you have a Switch and another system, like, you should just get it for the Switch. Cause it's not like those, those, uh, processors are going to make the games anymore. Oh yeah. No, Definitely it has better. nothing to do with it. I, uh, I just have a natural habit of just defaulting to my PlayStation. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Now next week, I don't know what we're going to watch. Um, it's either bodies, 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 or, uh, I hate my dad or I love what's the Patton Oswald one. I love my dad. I love my dad. Um, what, whatever. Maybe I'll just put up a poll tomorrow and we'll see um, when wins. Or you can always do Spider-Man No Way Home, the extra fun edition. I was going to say I'm surprised that you didn't recommend Spider-Man since it's your guy. I mean, do we really need to review it? We know it's going to be awesome. So Yeah, I mean, we know it's the, conclusion. one of the greatest movies of all time. So, and uh, Maybe, maybe me, we could like, talk about the new footage. Oh, number like 80 on IMDb's top films of all time. So not just what. So um, the Colorado Festival of Horror is happening next week. Yeah. I guess we need one for this week. Uh, Okay. So I don't know. Bodies, bodies. I saw bodies, bodies, bodies already. So we could do that. But on the eighth, um, the Colorado Festival of Horror is having a a screening of Shakespeare's Shitstorm at the Seafilm Center for Troma. Mm-hmm. So that might be something. Although I guess you're working on Thursday, huh? Yeah, I don't think I'd be able to get to it. Damn. What times does it start at? Like seven or something. Oh uh, yeah, then I'm fucked. Yeah. Um, but then the week after that, um, uh, we're seeing Friday the Thirteenth Part Three D. Mm-hmm. Part three. So maybe that could be our movie of the week. Oh, yeah, I'm totally down for that. Unless there's a maybe big Hollywood movie that week. See, maybe we could go see Wrath of Khan 40th Anniversary Edition. We did edition. that. Screening. <laughs> yeah, we've actually already done that. Uh, but well, yeah. I've never seen it. Well, you You've should go see it. Wrath of Khan? Oh, you should see it. That movie's yeah. awesome. But yeah, Not we did it as an episode like in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> so, mm. uh, but then the week after that, um, is also Clerks 3. Yeah. So we can also make that an episode coming up. Although yep. my tickets for the week after that. So that kind of sucks. But I thought you, that's twice. the Roadshow one, right? Yeah, I have tickets to the Roadshow one, but that's it. it what it comes out what like day is that, at Brad? Regal, like the 15th and 16th. Mine is the 22nd. And what is that a Tuesday night? It's a Thursday. <laughs> a Thursday? Yeah. You still have an extra ticket? I do. And what time does that start at seven two? Uh, eight p.m. Eight p.m. Oh fuck! I can I can make the rookie come in an hour early. Yeah. Yeah, I'll ask him. He's he's on paternity leave right now, so um, he's back on Wednesday. I'll ask him because cool. I wanted to do that anyway. So awesome! I'll save that ticket for you then. Yeah. Cool. Um, I'll let you know as soon as I can, so you don't have to. But it's also going to be in theaters at Regal, like I think the week before too. So I don't know if we want to jump the gun on it or wait. But yeah, I'm not sure. I know it doesn't think about for this next episode, but in the next couple of weeks after that, 
on September 9th, we got Beautiful Blue Eyes, Barbarian, and Medieval dropping. And then September 16th, See How They Run comes out. And that's got Shersha Ronan, Sam Rockwell, Adrian Brody, Ruth Wilson, Jacob Fortune Lloyd. Sounds like it might be like a heist movie or something. I'm well, not sure. actually, so this week will be September 2nd. Um, I think the following week, um, I would like to do Pinocchio from Disney Plus, but I know that um, maybe that's a no-go. But I didn't I'm realize down. that was coming out that early. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a oh, yeah. Disney, Disney Day Plus or something. Day is September 8th. Mm-hmm. It's like I, Disney Day. I heard uh, Barbarians the shit and uh, don't want to get spoiled, so. Wait, it's the shit or it is shit? The shit. Okay. Like, like Edgar, uh, Edgar Wright said it was awesome. Yeah, there's a, a advanced screening of it on next Tuesday, I think. Yeah, which I skipped because they usually fill up within like five minutes of you getting the email. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I haven't been checked. Um, but yeah, no, we can see that one too. I mean, it looks interesting. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, we'll figure it out. Yeah. We always do. I feel cool. like you say that every time, Ryan. And we always do. I've been doing this for almost 12 years. I know what I'm doing. Uh, do you want to oh. lead into other segments? Yeah. Maybe someone called in and you're going to hear them now. Hey, film buddies, follow me around Denver. Once again, I'm either, depending on which episode this is airing in, I'm either a voice from the future or a voice for this current week. So let's take a look at what's going on. All right, this week, the Cine Insomnia at the Esquire, they're going to have Get Out from 2017. And then September 16th and 17th is a special presentation of The Room with Tommy Wiseau in person, both nights so get your tickets to that because it will definitely sell out before you get there and then the drive-in situation the 88 has closed for the season already so that won't be getting updated this week but uh coming up uh the 48-hour screenings are happening uh the 16th and 17th at the bug theater uh, Sam Managua Loco is in Group C on the 17th, Saturday night at 8 p.m. Um, and tickets should be on sale pretty soon for that. Um, so, yeah, that's what's going on around town. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. We will see you at the movies. Bye. Bye. Well, a real nerd knows who shot a real nerd. Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a Nebulous Visions production. Stream or download episodes, read articles at realnerdspodcast.com. Stream us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Nerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6Nerds5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bolognium for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it.